This is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, and then we're going to jump to John 1, pieces of John 1 together. This is God's Word. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This is the Word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, as you'll notice in your order of worship, this is not called a sermon, it's called a devotional, which just means it's going to be a lot, lot shorter, okay? And it's okay to be happy about that, all right? My family, I know, is. So, um, as I'm sure is true in your house right now, our Christmas tree is at the center of much of our Christmas celebration. So even now, there are presents that are stacked underneath. Uh, that are awaiting the rush of tomorrow morning. And branches are filled with ornaments and lights and uh, homemade snowflakes and candy canes and whatever else we could find to put on there. It looks really good. I'll be honest with you, it looks good. Not afraid to affirm my hard work this year. What occurred to me though, um, one morning last week as I was uh, in a very awkward position underneath our tree trying to water it, and the pine needles were sort of falling on my face, and uh, the sap was bleeding from the trunk and was sticking to my hand, and I could tell the branches were getting uh, crispier and crispier. What occurred to me is that this real tree is really dying. <laughs> um, it doesn't have uh, much longer to go. And as you basically know, there are two kinds of Christmas trees you can get. You can get a real Christmas tree, which is a, a nicer way of saying a dying Christmas tree, right? Or you can have a pre-lit Christmas tree, which is a nicer way of saying a fake Christmas tree. And what occurred to me is, isn't it interesting that underneath so much of our Christmas celebration and our Christmas beauty, underneath it all is the reality that this thing is either artificial or it's dying. And we love to decorate it anyway, don't we? We'll throw anything we can at it to hang on it, to make it presentable, and even more than presentable, to make it beautiful so that we can throw open the curtains and all of our neighbors and our passerbys can see. What occurred to me is that maybe this tells us something about the extent of our own powers in this world. That we can take something that's not quite right on the inside, something that's even dying underneath, and we can decorate it and we can make it sparkle so that it looks good for a little bit, a little, a little while. But underneath it all, we cannot make it alive, and we can't make it healthy again as it was meant to be. The reality is that we can't, we're not very good at fixing things that are really broken down deep. You know, there are other strong hints of this uh, at Christmas, uh, much more important and serious than our Christmas trees. In our own city, for example, Christmas is a time of, of warm living rooms, and it's a time of awesome holiday parties, but it's also a time when soup kitchens and uh, homeless shelters are at their capacity. 
I was at the hospital just two days ago, and the hospital has wreaths and, and stockings hanging on all the doors, and yet you know that those doors are still open for business. Across the ocean, troops have these beautiful Christmas uh, specials that are on TV. Even while just miles away, their battlefields are still hotly contested. And here in our own families, we're about to get together and we're about to laugh together with people that we love, people that we love spending time with. But we'll do so under the cloud and the acute pain and realization that some of those people are not here this year. We'll miss the people that we've lost. In our own lives, we'll find ways to decorate ourselves. And we'll find ways to decorate our neighborhoods and we'll find ways to decorate our world this Christmas. But underneath it all, don't we long for something more? Don't we long for something that can be more than decoration to us, that can actually address and fix the problem in our world? Don't we long for something that can go deep, that could fix the brokenness? You know, that's what the Bible means when it uses the word grace. You see it here in John's Gospel in verse 16. John introduces us to the word became flesh, and then he says, from his fullness, we have all received, what does he say? Grace upon grace. So what is grace? Well, in the Bible, grace is a gift. It's a gift. Grace is something that where you sit right now is beyond you. You can never work hard enough to achieve it. It's something beyond our world that comes to us anyway to do something more than we could have ever imagined doing for ourselves. In the Bible, grace is a million miles away from tolerance on the one hand. And in the Bible, grace is a million miles away from legalism on the other hand. Tolerance says, look, just accept the world the way it is. Accept yourself the way you are. And legalism lies to the world and says, look, if you just keep working hard enough, you'll be able to fix it yourself. But here's grace. Grace comes down and says, I love you, and I love you so much where you are, and I'll not let you stay there. I've come to do more than just decorate you. I've come to actually inside your world to make you alive and new again. And when John tells the story, he tells us that grace is more than just a fuzzy concept in our, in our minds. It's actually more than a power. It's a person who was with God and who was God. And Luke tells us that this person has a name, Jesus who was born into our chaos and born into our deadness, into a world unsure what to do with him, heralded by these angels and inhabiting a manger with smelly animals alike. And listen to me, all the gospel writers tell us this, that this person named Jesus, he came, he lived, he died on a cross, he rose again, and now he reigns for this one purpose, so that from his fullness, he might pour out on you grace, upon grace. What do you think it is? What is it that our world really needs right now? What is it that um, our marriages, that our neighborhoods, that our children, that our hearts really need? What is it? I can promise you it's not more decorations, is it? We can handle that on our own. What the world really needs is grace. And listen to me this, this afternoon. If you are someone who is here and you are tired <laughs> of decorating and redecorating what is broken. If that is no longer enough for you, then grace is really the cry of your soul. Jesus Christ, the fullness of who he is, God with us, 
has come to pour out upon you grace upon grace, and He is the one that you long for. Friends, Christmas is the announcement that God has come inside our dying world to do more than just decorate it. He's come to save it. To take the dead things and the dead places and the dead relationships, even your own suffering, and to make it new again, to make it alive. And to take the joy that you really are experiencing, the joy that you'll experience this Christmas, and to give to that joy the eternity for which it strives. It is from His fullness that we receive grace upon grace. May you rest in Him this Christmas for the grace that He's already delivered to you that you know and you've tasted yourself and for the grace, the promise that are still yet to come. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for the message that what we need most is something that You can deliver to us and have delivered to us, that You've made it personal and cosmic and deep and wide through the gift of Your Son. We offer ourselves to you tonight in this Christmas season because you first offered yourself to us, not our will, but yours be done, we pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.